you want to do the intro? Yeah, sure. Okay. Hey, welcome to One Last Thing. We haven't been uh, here on the internet in a while. I mean, like, we've been on the internet personally a lot uh, for various reasons. But we're, like, back. We're back recording and stuff. John uh, and I we, were fighting. Yeah, we were fighting pretty hard for, like, uh, several uh, like several months. Several months we were fighting. For, uh, if you were paying attention to the last uh, episode, uh, we, we talked about a big argument that was going to come afterwards. And boy, did it. And we just finished about, like, ten minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And things are fine. I mean, things are fine. They're, they're kind of fine. Yeah. Who are our guests, John? Uh, our guests tonight are going to be uh, Eugene and Ian. Uh, they can pronounce their own last names so that I don't uh, fuck it up right now. Um, Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. After you, sir. All right. Uh, my name is Ian Kersey. Rhymes with Jersey, so now you know that, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I am a founder and um, host of Barley Rhymes, a poetry event, the second poetry event to come to Flagstaff. And I also am the program director over at the Literacy Center, uh, which is totally dedicated to adult literacy education. Mm-hmm. And you're a poet as well. Yeah. And I'm a poet as well, yeah. and photographer, and totally sculptor, and some other neat stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to note that I can pronounce people's last names, but I, like it's that moment of panic right before you introduce someone where you're like, oh, is it Tara or Tara? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Flying solo. That's great. No, this is good. This is good. Okay. Moving right along. Hey, Gene. How's it going? Hey, great, John. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, Eugene Brasso is my name, and uh, I am an artist, educator, among other things. Um, I sculpt. I create poetry. I take photographs. I paint. You do it all. I do what I can. I'm a Renaissance man. Oh, yeah. good. Self-proclaimed. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Quite the resume. Get, let's get it on the record right now. now. Let's get it on the cool. record right now. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, should, should we reintroduce the show? This is like only the third episode. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You do this one. Welcome to One Last Thing, your favorite community-based podcast recorded in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm, I'm your host. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andrew. <laughs> uh, what do we say? I don't know. That what sounded this really. Is like we, that was really good. I know he no, got. We should have just said, "I'm Andrew." Okay, I'll cut out the last part. Okay, it seems like I know how to do stuff. All right. Um, the premise. You, you say the premise. Okay, I'll just do everything. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is great. I quit. I quit after this. Uh, so yes, uh, this is a community-based uh, podcast. Uh, not not ne- we're based out of Flagstaff, but not necessarily exclusive to Flagstaff. Uh, getting people who. Uh, make things to come together and see how uh, each other tick, I guess. So the format of this is we have a bowl of pre-written questions. Uh, Functions more or less like an icebreaker. So all the questions tonight are drawn at random by our guests as well as uh, added to. Um, Kind of anything from like super goofy to something like uh, intellectually probing about uh, how you treat uh, your work or how you view your work in like the environment, you know, things like that. Plithy, plithy, goofy, intellectual shit. That's a good job. Thank you. Do you want to start off with a question? Uh, yeah, you draw one. Okay. This is the moment moment of anxiety for me. Cool. Bingo. What do you avoid? 
What does that mean? Okay, so uh, I wrote I wrote this as I wrote all of them that are in the book right now. I totally I slanted this game. Uh, so uh, what do you avoid? Um, what I was thinking about when I wrote this, it's uh, if if you're maybe like approaching something with your own work, whether that be something that you like leave to exist in a space or that you're bringing as like a performance. What's something that you actively avoid? Uh, in a community, in a venue, or like from your peers, that does that does that resonate? Yeah, is that making sense? Yeah, that's a serious question. I know there's it's there's heavy. a lot of stuff. Uh, so obviously, like with 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 this podcast, like something that we're trying to avoid a lot of times is maybe like taking ourselves uh, too seriously. So like it's it's hard to talk about like art music and poetry without sounding very like like foofy but like you know that's myth that's maybe something we're trying to avoid poorly but. i know what you three are not avoiding what wearing uh plaid at oh. the same time brilliant mm-hmm. we we yes. live in flagstaff yeah, like, yeah we're kind of you're, you're wearing problems. miniature plaid yeah. yeah also known as plaid staff i'm sorry that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna let that hang there all right do you guys don't edit out this? the silence i do you want, want to, answer you to this, feel the shame uh, what, so I, I just answered it. Oh, okay. I just answered it. I just don't it. listen when you talk. Yeah, yeah you don't. Uh, what about you, Ian? <laughs> what do I avoid? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess at my events, I, I really try to avoid uh, negativity. I guess that's that's probably an obvious thing that, that most people try to avoid. Um, but with Barley Rhymes... Um, we absolutely invite people to share work that you know has is about things that have affect them negatively like you know some uh, a heartbreaking story or or something along those lines or or maybe something traumatic you know and but that's not a negative thing necessarily to share because it's it's a it's it's a piece of art that that lets us empathize and and walk in someone else's shoes and feel something really interesting and and maybe incredible incredible but what i don't abide by is things like booing mm-hmm. or uh you know malicious uh shit talking and mm-hmm. and and things like that mm-hmm. um uh I don't know. That's a harder question than I. I, I avoid speeding cars when I'm walking across the street. <laughs> I avoid yeah, my feelings. <laughs> I feel like positivity lends itself to like Barley Rams a lot because there's no like competitive aspect to it. Yeah, that's really, everyone's just kind of there together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I avoid competition in a lot of right. aspects of my life because I just kind of want to be a part of the. See, right. I, I tried to avoid competition, which is why I don't like play pool when I'm drinking because, like you know, <laughs> I'm trying to like give something my my full devotion. I, this became more romantic than I wanted to be about drinking. Uh, <laughs> when you're enjoying a nice blonde, you yeah. know, uh-huh. <laughs> on special at mm-hmm. the bar. Mm-hmm. Me? You're yeah, talking. absolutely. Right. What do I avoid? Just kinda, just like, I take avoid, me, uh, me out of this, please. I avoid talking in small groups. I, uh, <laughs> I, I like to sit back and watch it unfold. Uh, no, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I identify that as a uh, identify with that as a performer so much. Um, uh, I experience a good amount of anxiety, as all of us do, when we mm-hmm. get into a stage-like situation. Um, oh, yeah. I, so I guess I've been avoiding the microphone for. 
an odd number of years. There's um, more in this room. It, yeah, I know. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I'm kind of creeping back into myself a little Freaking bit. It'll be, okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. You'll be all right. I'll think We're myself good. through it. Once you We're realize this is together. a bad podcast, then you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be bad. All right, good. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We, can, we can camp it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we only have 10 people to disappoint, so... <laughs> You know, hey, if you're part of our large family, then you're, you're accustomed. <laughs> but as a as a visual artist, I can definitely say I avoid uh, anything that's too serious. To um, I, I don't want to take myself too seriously. I don't want other people to take me seriously. The last thing I want is to have that sort of pressure to perform on demand. There, uh, it's tough to talk about. I don't know how you guys feel, uh, Ian, with you with your writing. If it's tough to talk about your work as opposed to just put it out there. Yeah, I actually I have a a big aversion to talking about work, even in my visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a visual art degree, uh, and this a teacher I had a long time ago once told me that once uh, a member of an audience sees or hears your work, um, your your opinion on it or whatever you personally were trying to convey kind of it goes out the window you know it it ceases to be relevant because now that experience is their experience and and how they interpret it is never wrong you know whether that their reaction to it is positive or not you know it it's how they feel and art is meant to make you feel things um and if they feel angry from it or or disappointed or happy or uh, just wowed that's cool um but yeah talk sitting there and talking about and saying this uh this is what this means to me and you know then you're you're trying to tell your audience what they should be thinking and i'm not not just not a big fan of that i'm okay with like critiques you know on style and form and things like that but but in terms of the philosophical kind of background and and psychological meanings and things like that i'm i'm not interested in engaging in too many of those discussions yeah absolutely i agree okay so kind of like springboarding off of that uh especially because i I think you're our first like primarily visual artist that's Mm. been on the show okay out of three episodes my apologies Uh, no it's good good good. this is great uh i i kind of want to make this relate to so Generally, we, we decide that, like, the, the thing that we all avoid is sort of like a like a temperament in our space. So, like, how much would, uh, effort would you say that you put into curating a space that you're either, like, hanging a piece of artwork in or, like, putting together an event? Because so, those are tangible things that you avoid as well. Yeah, I mean, there's... <clears throat> I, depending upon where the show is going or where... If I know... When I set out to make work or I have a body of work that I know I want to present, if it's nearing completion and I know I have a place to go with it, I'll actually visit the space and try and understand what my work is going to look like in that space. But also it will inspire me to create pieces just for that space at times Um, that that changes the way I make, I guess I'd say. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's just color choice or uh, scale, um, anything, it's it's kind of like when you're playing music, you 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 play or you you write for that that home place that you constantly play in. Yeah. Um, I think that that gives to your work in a way that maybe you're aware of or you're not aware of. Um, like I suppose it'd be different reciting poetry in at Barley Rhymes versus um, maybe uh, an event at Fire Creek mm-hmm. or heading down to Phoenix to something like the Almond House or something like that. There are different moods in those places, you know, play off of those sorts of things. I feel the same way about the visual work. Yeah. 
Uh, do, do you maybe have like an example from your own body work of like a time that you've maybe created something specifically for a space? Yeah, um, there were a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> we had a, an opportunity to do some site-specific installation work um, at the university, and um, I was able to create a piece for this, this sort of rotundra uh, center of the um, spiral staircase in Klein Library. Okay. And um, didn't develop the piece until I had visited the site, spent time in the site, um, got a feel for what would work in that space, and then created uh, a, th a themed piece. I mean, it was, it was, there was already a theme, but that unified itself to that space. Um, another time was uh, I had a, an opportunity to hang some work at uh, Fire Creek, and uh, this one wall really uh, jumped out at me as being different from all the other walls in the place, that stone wall on the right-hand side when you walk in the door and uh, painted a, a big yellow piece that would really uh, light up in that space, especially near the windows. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, up. so uh, I think one of my favorite pieces I ever did um, was... Uh, it was I was I was putting uh, work into a gallery, a um, bunch of different uh, photographers hanging up in this gallery, and um, instead of framing something, putting it on the wall, um, I knew that everybody would have their faces up looking up at the wall. So I did this agonizing thing where I put my face on a scanner for thirty five minutes and held as still as I could <laughs> wow. and scanned my face at the highest resolution I could, and then I printed it. Uh, at about four by six feet and framed it on the floor. Nice. Um, and that way people had to walk on the piece and nobody wants to touch the art. Never, don't, don't yeah, touch yeah. the art. Don't, you know. Um, but I really like when people interact with art. And I think that's what brought me into the, the world of performance poetry um, is that people are always interacting. The audience is snapping or they're just looking or breathing um, and and the audience is as important uh, as the work that's being shown or heard uh, or performed or whatnot. Um, and so I guess I try to within the space, you know, of course, there's a vibe with the lighting and all those kinds of things. But I try to move around and interact in such a way that um the environment and the audience also reacts with the performance or the art at mm -hmm. hand. Yeah, that's something yeah. I've definitely been thinking about a lot, especially, uh, especially, uh, I can talk, I can talk, you know, it's been a long day, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, performance poetry is, um, like you, you spend so much time, like writing things a specific way, uh, especially like on the page, like as far as like this comma goes here, this period goes here, this, these spaces are necessary. And it tends to drive me crazy a lot of times when people don't necessarily read things how they want them to be read. That drives me nuts. Because yeah. I, I think that people read things, there's, you know, when you're in, uh, say, elementary school, there's kind of a stilted way that everybody mm -hmm. reads things. And then you get into high school and there's kind of a different stilted way because you know how to read, but you're not quite sure what to do with your vocal cords. Mm -hmm. And um, and then when we get into performance, we start watching other people do it. And whether consciously or subconsciously, we start adopting certain characteristics to our reading. But I don't rhythms, and, rhythms yeah. and things like that. And I think that eventually those rhythms can become cliche 
And I don't think that people are always doing it purposefully. I think that a lot of times it's a subconscious thing. Like, I'm really amped up. I have this rhythm in my brain and this is the way it's going to come out. And then it comes out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really wonderful. But I really wish that people would take time to like, I don't know, sit down with their phone and record themselves and say, is this how I want to be heard? Mm-hmm. I started doing, I did that, the first time I did that, I blew myself, I was like, man, I sound terrible. Um, And it was, I was inspired by a a friend of mine who's a priest who um, always got negative feedback on his sermons. And so, uh, one day he took a tape recorder and he put it up on on the, the, the pulpit and he recorded himself and then he listened to himself and he was like, man, no wonder I'm boring. You know, and uh, I I want other people to experience that. I I think that would be great. Uh, I'm gonna direct this at Andrew. So you play like music pretty consistently. Did you find like once you started like recording yourself or like you know, I'm doing things with this podcast. So we we talked about something that we avoid uh, earlier, which I'm so like leaning like balls deep in right now, which is like not, um being the one exporting a lot like i prefer to be a listener a lot of times uh did did you find that like how you performed like after you started like putting yourself into that context of recording like changed in any way i didn't perform in front of anybody until i moved up here yeah and i was recording myself like all the time just writing and playing when i was learning how to play Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. so i already had a bunch of stuff recorded so it wasn't that hard to yeah. Know that I sucked, and then I decided I'm. I'm <laughs> You're gonna take the shit yeah. on the road. <laughs> it's it's fine now. I can show somebody this, and then I performed for the first time. So I already did that before I even tried performing mm-hmm. in front of anybody. Yeah. For sure. Next question. Yeah. I mean, you have one. I'm sorry, I'm, Ian, that we like interrupted. You I was just, no, I, I was, I was trying very subtly. <laughs> there was to no make, subtlety. There was no subtlety. I was doing like crab and just like look at me, look at me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm you know. <laughs> I'm not it a very good out. host. I out. didn't bring any beer. It's yeah, that yeah. well, that we won't forgive you for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you could have total control, would you? Yes, absolutely. Wow, <laughs> over no hesitation over everything. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Get uh-huh. This is the guy so with that, the soundboard that, in front of him, yeah, the recording <laughs> device in front of him, laptop to he his does, right. He does have all the power. Yeah. He does have all the power. I'm gonna come out with all, like a devil voice over all of this. Uh, by which I mean he'll have to do very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, <laughs> that sounds like maybe like a little bit more like a maniacal that I meant to, but these are like pretty open ended. So uh, would you have con- if, if you, you could, if you yeah, could if have you could. Con- total control? Would you? Yeah. So like every aspect, like would you completely curate an audience and a venue and how things unfold? No, that sounds or, horrible. Yeah, that sounds absolutely horrible. And in, in fact. Even in creating, going back to visual art for a brief second, creating a work or piece, I know that if I go in with an idea, that's not what's going to come out. Mm. It has to be a process. It has to just, it has to emerge as a reaction to a mark and then another reaction to that mark and then moving on from there and it grows um, until the conversation's over. And I feel the same way about I would say that I feel the same way about any type of performance or um, other low-level or high-level interactive uh, artwork of any kind. Do you ever like feel like having to adapt to like spaces and curate to different locations makes your art like evolve in a certain way that you like? It doesn't change 
um, what I'm talking about or what I'm thinking about or the questions I'm asking myself, but it definitely changes. Um, it changes scale. It changes how I inhabit the space later. Right. Uh, I take ownership of that space differently after I've had a, a, a piece or a show in that space. Um, there's there's a uh, how, how do I say this? There's an incidental um, uh, love affair with place right. that that emerges from that experience. So it's not necessarily something I perceive while I'm creating, but it. Uh, I mean, in some place, some cases that happens, but most of the time it's after the fact. Mm-hmm. I have a totally different relationship with that space now right. because I've shown there or played there or whatever it is. Yeah. Total control. Um... I don't know. I I think that sometimes I I think in my head I'm like, what if I were Doctor Xavier, you know? And I could <laughs> I could control how everybody voted or you know mm-hmm. interacted with each other or whatever. And I think in fantasy that sounds fun, you know. You're you're a puppet master, um, but in reality, there, I I would never ever want to be the supreme ruler of a country or a president or something like that. That's just, it's too much. Um, I think the amount of control that I can have with hosting an event or being on stage and performing, the the amount of control that I can have for myself, you know, I'd, I'd like to be relatively in control of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, outside of that, um, no, I don't. I don't think I would ever want to have complete control. I like spontaneity entirely too much, and yeah. control means and that beer. I, I would ha- and beer. Yeah. I really like beer. <laughs> and beer. Beer also gives way to spontaneity <laughs> sometimes without one thinking about it. Um, yeah, so I, I I prefer things to be able to um, to be more organic. Uh, yeah, I I hate planning things. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you're in total control, you have to plan really well what's going to happen. And I, I, I hate planning things. Planning bites. It right. sucks. I have a reminder <laughs> on my phone for every Sunday to wash my towels and then every three weeks on a Friday to get a haircut. Wow. <laughs> I love wow. planning. I love it. That's disgusting. I, I saw... I'm super freaked out by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. but what if, what if that Friday rolls around and you just don't want to? Yeah. Like, it's on like schedule. Wow. I want to you I, I, listen, I listen to schedule. Oh, I listen to myself. Me. I don't I'm listen to my, maybe that's a problem. Maybe I should listen to myself more. See, I'm <laughs> I'm really bad at listening to myself like all the time. So like even this morning, uh I set a reminder on my phone to remind me remind me to ever bring my water bottle to work. Uh and then I kind of like foresaw what would happen. So I got to school, the reminder went off. I was like, nope, totally forgot the water bottle. Uh, two minutes later, a second reminder went off. It was like, good job, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was good planning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at catching myself in uh, my own jokes. Uh, before we draw another one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with that. So we were talking about like some stuff that like maybe like makes us anxious in at work. And for me, uh, it tends to be those moments that you're not in control. Like I, I spend a lot of time like setting up chairs a very specific way, doing sound a very specific way, uh, kind of like curating what I expect from like an audience or like a space or, um, or like if I'm curating a show, like hanging things a very certain 
way that like most of my anxiety <laughs> comes 15 minutes before something happens where like it's like I have to have a drink because I'm gonna vomit like so where does uh, I guess the majority of anxiety come from you in a creative space Ooh. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I have a love-hate relationship with my own personal anxieties mm-hmm. they're largely based in uh, self-criticism and fear of making a mistake in front of people mm-hmm. um, and despite and, and I guess it's good that I'm not a good planner because if I were very OCD about planning how I was going to interact with whatever was going to happen that night, mm-hmm. I'd never leave the house. I'd become agoraphobic. Luckily, I'm just foolish enough to wander into those situations, even though I know it's going to be really difficult, yeah. really challenging. Yeah, the, the trick is to expect things to go wrong. Yes. Is, is what yes. I find, you know. That like is it, the one Buddhist tenet I live by, that expectation <laughs> is the root of suffering. And as long as you don't expect anything, you won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. And that's why yeah. you should never plan a goddamn thing. That's yeah. right. That's, that's right. true. There's a, take it, there's take a it from two community <laughs> organizers. <laughs> don't plan things. Stay home and sad. Isn't that the, that's the, the total hypocrisy of it, though, is that I'm an organizer of events. And so I'm constantly planning things for myself and other people. And... Uh, I, my biggest anxiety uh, consistently is, uh, am I is is this going to be a disappointment? Mm-hmm. And that comes in a couple of forms. Like one, is anyone going to show up? And if they're not, am I going to be disappointed? Which mm-hmm. the answer is yes. Or if people do show up, are they going to be disappointed with the experience or or my part in that experience? Um, so yeah, those I think that's that's kind of the bigger biggest thing for me. I just I just want people to show up and really enjoy themselves and um and I kind of measure that on how many on retention, how mm-hmm. many people stay and how many people return to the event the next time I do it. Um and that's the biggest most frustrating anxiety ridden part of the whole everything. Oh yeah. For sure. This kind of relates to like the control aspect too. Is that uh, I definitely exploit that, uh, and 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 like how much I use like control to like alleviate my own anxiety. Like I've I've learned a lot of like little stupid tricks over the year that like mean a lot to me. It's like well, if I set up chairs by myself, it gives me enough time to like kind of like zen out so that I don't actively like throw up on myself or whatever <laughs> or like I'll set things a little bit askew so that when people start sitting down uh, they naturally like reorganize and make themselves comfortable rather than me trying to make them comfortable I don't know I don't know little little life hacks I'm, it's it's becoming very apparent how OCD I am in this, yeah. this yeah this is becoming but these are little yeah. tricks you play on yourself to keep uh-huh. yourself from engaging it directly yes which is absolutely great. Yeah. yeah no I'm, yeah. I'm doing I'm winning whereas Andrew's just like absolutely thrown himself into it full force and that's why he that's looks why I'm so, so sad all the time that's why his hair is perfect <laughs> and he's wearing a tie with a tie clip <laughs> so no, perfect like, tucked in shirt that fits <laughs> you look like it's yeah. like by the you're an intern at Mad Men or something yeah He's the human version of Hal 9000, yeah. Yeah, because so, I always like plan out things out to the T, and that never works, and I'm always disappointed. So, yeah. I don't know why I keep doing that. That's a good point. <laughs> I got really sad. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 10 to 0 effect that we employ uh, here. It makes things nice and level. Uh, what should we do now? Next. You uh, another question. Oh. I've got, I've got a, yeah, he's got another a question. question. 
If you could change consistently one aspect of your work, question mark. That's there's no what it would. Yeah, I'm I'm not very good at writing full sentences. <laughs> I'm trying to get one aspect. Down. So like, uh, yeah, if if there's one thing like either from like a performance that you find yourself like always stepping on, or like uh, a like tangible thing like mm-hmm. with something that you've created, or like with this podcast and how like my tongue doesn't work half the time. No, I got it. And Andrew's you. personality, no. all these things yeah. I wish I had control of. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's more, more. That's the one thing I would change about my work. More. more work. Stop fucking around and make some fucking work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I you were really worried I, about language before. Sorry. <laughs> Any of my, anyone who's an employer or a student or whatever, uh, I, you know. No, that's, I, that's I, I actually, I ditto like absolutely the same thing. Yeah. Just, more better i wish i could write every single day and i just i sit down with a blank piece of paper and that's the or a blank canvas Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is doesn't matter and you're just like "Ah, fuck what goes there Mm -hmm. i don't ah." yeah yeah what about you john uh what (laughs) uh so i i yeah um my my thing is I, I do a lot of stuff uh, impromptu. So what I wish I could change more is I have this like immediate idea of what I'm about to say or do. And then I get up there and I like completely miss it. Like, you know, just like uh, just basketball, just completely like not even towards the net, just kind of towards the crowd. And, you know, nothing but air, nothing, nothing but air, nothing but air and an eventual scream <laughs> from uh, injured person. Uh, but yeah. That's a, you know, I, I, I wish I could, uh, change how much an, an attempt comes to actual, uh, fruition. Uh, but I don't know, maybe that's like the, the spontaneity too, is like, I, I do kind of also get a lot of like nervous excitement from that, like exchange. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Objects moving in the house. Yes. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Hey. Hey. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea. <laughs> Hi, Chelsea. This episode featuring Chelsea, my roommate, <laughs> and Ruby. And the pitter-pattering of Ruby's feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. Nice. Andrew? Oh. What was the, what <laughs> the, was the question like, again? See? <laughs> if, you, if you can change one aspect of your work, that's um, what you get, son. I like the doing more. That's. I feel like I really want to do that, too. But also, I want to have, like, more time to get everything the way I want it. That's another thing about my personality. Mm-hmm. I always like, I feel like everything I put out is always, this will do, like, because I don't have time to finish it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wish Should I had time to like, podcast. do it. Yeah. So this will do. This will do. When I, I do that. write, I, I like that, that aspect of it. Yeah. I have this challenge for myself that every time I host a Barley Rhymes or go to Slam or, or some poetry event, uh, my challenge to myself is to write a poem during that space of time and perform it if it's appropriate to do so. Um, And that's where most of my best poetry has come out of. Um, And, uh, and I find now that I've been doing that for like almost three years now, uh, I find it hard to write poetry when I'm not under the gun and when things see, now I I don't even think about the performance of it, but I think that 
all of my best pieces are written at a slam or at an open mic when somebody else is doing something and I go, oh, that reminds me. And yeah. then all this stuff comes out that if I just sat down and said, okay, today I'm going to write, it's just bullshit. It, mm -hmm. does, it doesn't go Yeah, it, it is a good muse to have so many different voices mm -hmm. and, and creative experiences happening around mm -hmm. you. Yeah, it's really hard to do otherwise, I think. Um, yeah, and I wish that my work... Um, I, I always kind of try to end with things feeling like resolved or, or positive or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel like that I'm, I'm getting tired of my own voice doing that. Um, and so I, I wish that I could change that. I need to get out of that sort of rut and have a new style, I think. Yeah. So would you say then like a lot of your like anxiety to like tie it in to the other question uh, would be coming from like resisting your own voice. That sounds very like Oprah or whatever. Uh, but, like, <laughs> How does that uh, make you feel? Yeah. Uh, that's Dr. Phil. Aren't they the same thing? You know, maybe they merge together. Dr. Like, Phil does not give away free cars. No, he doesn't. Bastard. Yeah. I know. It's cheap. He doesn't give away anything. Uh, so what was I saying? Oh boy. Uh, so yeah. Resisting uh, your own we, voice. We, yeah, yeah. What? You said resisting your own voice. Yeah. Do, do you find that like a lot of like your anxiety or maybe like uh, why you don't get work done as much as you like or like maybe what's standing in your way a lot of times is the fact that you're resisting just putting something down. Oh. Like whether you're like Andrew is just like writing a song or just starting a painting or a poem or anything that's just like a probing question. yeah i don't know absolutely yeah. actually yeah i think that yes i mm -hmm. the short answer is yes mm -hmm. yes uh, yeah. uh second yes that's the long answer <laughs> can, we, can we just all third <laughs> okay cool so we're all friends <laughs> that's great that's great something uh, came the, the avoid uh, working more mm -hmm. how can i solve the problem of working more am i avoiding something by not working more mm -hmm. um Mm, yes, I'm avoiding the filthy, stinking, cold garage. I'm avoiding all of the things that I've told myself that I was ever going to do that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. I'm avoiding regret, and I'm avoiding the possibility of letting myself down or letting the process down or disappointing future audiences who have to suffer my work. Wow, if this ends in all of us crying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really you sorry. I, well, the problem is we don't have beer, and now... Exactly. Oh my god, exactly. let it yes. go. Yes. <laughs> uh, beer makes cry. everything better. What? I also never cry. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, see, this is really sad now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fine. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Oh, boy. Don't feel bad. Um, it's okay. Go on with your lives. Hmm. I just won't cry. Now, now we're... Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Like, I, I have only, like, really started uh, performing poetry re recently. And I think, like, a big part of why I've suddenly enjoyed it is because uh, I just sort of, like, leaned into myself. So instead of being like, oh, my God, I'm, like, feeling all these, like, really sad things or, like, oh, it's just, like, my nature to, like, not take myself seriously um mm. i've been fighting like the like the preconception a lot of times that like something like should be serious and it's like no you should like mean all these like metaphors that you say and should be like in this like sort of frame and i think um i've found a lot of enjoyment out of uh actively 
laughing at myself in the piece as I would just working on it rather than um, rather than trying to like edit that out if that makes any sense. I think Absolutely. this is because uh, you've been listening to a lot of Counting Crows lately. I have been oh listening to a lot gosh. of Counting Crows lately. <laughs> wow. Round here! <laughs> uh, I've got nothing. How many nothing. poems can you write about being drunk and losing a girlfriend? Uh, how many? How, how many, many albums? How many albums does he have? That's, oh, that's, I thought you were asking me. You, not you. Like, no. how, how do you like, know? No. So Adam Durst. <laughs> uh, no, I've never told anyone about those. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he uh, gives himself a lot of material, he does, he does, so he I does. think I think that's a big part of it. His power uh, comes from his dreadlock wig. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, he has um, he has that thing. Doesn't he have like uh, the dissociative disorder or something? I remember reading that once. Maybe it was a Wikipedia lie that like he he has that disorder where he like sometimes forgets who he is and stuff, which makes Mr. Jones make a lot of sense. I was going to say it makes it possible for him to write the same album over and over again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah he forgets that he's yeah. like, same kind of guy. I wrote that. And then song, he sees so the wig yeah. and he's yeah. like, what? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not in a reggae band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm from the Midwest or wherever he's from. I don't care. Let's stop talking about counting crows. All right. That's for our second podcast. That's for our second podcast. <laughs> our Welcome to How Many Crows? <laughs> the Four. answer is three. Three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's your, you, you draw one. Okay. Did you draw one before? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I drew one. Yeah, you drew one. Hey. Hey. Uh, oh. So we're going to take this turn, obviously. Uh, how often is sexuality a part of your work slash performance? Uh, whether, like, it's something you active, like, Think about or insert or yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I agree Uh, with Andrew. Everything I do is sex. Everything. It's like James Bader in the office. Mm -hmm. For making babies, read your Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I do have seven kids, so wow. But yeah, yeah. That's what I say every morning. Wow. That's that's (laughs) way more more than two. That's way more than two. Uh, That's a lot of. That's a lot of meet obstacles in your house absolutely that's <laughs> mm-hmm. a good way to put it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely they're lovely yeah. i've met them yeah they're good they're, they're good all kids. good they're despite yeah, my nice. worst efforts they're doing all right mm-hmm. yeah thanks what about you ian um, i love how you avoided <laughs> how the question how many, children, how many children do you have ian <laughs> um i don't think that i purposefully i i don't purposefully incorporate sexuality into my art very often um i think that i've done some personal work that uh is just kind of like venting into a notebook mm-hmm. very you know personal work. very personal like my god why can't i get laid mm-hmm. you know um which well you got a fiance now now i have a fiance and uh a fiance <laughs> fiance, fiance you can't Thank say you. that to my fiance <laughs> Um, Fiance. You guys just yeah, said that. Now I've got one ex- of those. Expecting so people to know that's, it. Now. That's allevi- alleviated that problem. So I guess I, I I don't really do that anymore, at all. Um, really, mom, dad. Uh, Give it time. Flat. It'll cool. it'll come back. Sweet. Um, I I welcome other people doing that. Um, I think that people should feel free and open to do that, uh, as long as it's in in a in a way that's relatively tasteful and and not meant to uh, just piss people off. I think doing things for the sake mm-hmm. of pissing people off or offending them is is kind of just 
know. Wait a minute. No. So if it's not tasteful, does that mean you're doing it just to piss people off? Or can it be overtly distasteful? Well, no, cutting there's deep. there's things oh. like, yeah, that's kind of neat. Oh. We're, we're getting into like neo dadist kind of, yeah. Are we going to start talking about Marcel Duchamp because he's a douchebag? I hate him. Duchamp, I, I, I don't know him personally. Uh, I did appreciate the uh, fountain piece for its humor, See, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just well, we'll talk so, about Duchamp on another podcast, I guess, because I'll go on for hours. We'll do a Counting Crows Duchamp. Oh, that hour. would be so oh, good. Man. Let's do that. This show America um, has been waiting for, yeah, for a while. No, ninety-seven. I, I think the Ira point Glass. is that like, um, there's not a lot of visual art that that offends me or offends you know. There are things that I I can look at and be like, nah, you know, not not for me. Uh, but but just because it's not for me, I don't label it as distasteful. Okay. Um, uh, it's more of things like um, the first thing that comes to mind is we had a, a performer at a Barley Rhymes once who called herself ass. And um, mm-hmm. she just got on stage and, and really her objective was to get up there and just say the most disgusting and repulsive things she mm-hmm. could. Um just to kind of scratch her own itch and and i'm not down with that you know that Hmm. doesn't kind of go into the mission of of the space and and things like that so so you're talking as a curator now because there's there's i think there has to be a space for that somewhere but maybe not at barley rhymes maybe not at barley rhymes and maybe that's true well from the perspective of not a curator i went to a slam with Mm -hmm. and she was there and I, it was not when good. When ass was there. It was not good. It was not good. The not ass good. was there. The ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she came and... Uh, she came to several. She, oh, yeah. Um, she got kicked out of every poetry event. Wow. F- yeah, stuff. forever. I didn't actively kick her out, but no one else invited her back. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so uh, they did a, a poetry piece, or it was presented as a poetry piece, uh, which... Ended up just being a story about her pet rabbit whose uh, anus was bleeding. Uh, and she was talking about how much it was bleeding and taking it to the hospital. Um, that, that was it. She didn't even, like, the, the big... Like, unironically? Unironically, oh, it just wow. ended up being So it's just story. bad. And she, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. So, yeah, okay. So maybe offensive or something. Like, maybe it's bad. I'm, I have a yeah. problem with bad work. Yeah, okay. I think that that, that we can talk yeah. about. Yes, that we yeah. can talk about. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I yes, think that I, I express that. myself incorrectly. <laughs> but yeah, I have a problem with bad work. And I have a problem with really cliched work. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that once something becomes too cliched, it then also becomes bad. Um, yeah, so... So you're a big fan of Thomas Kincaid, Painter of Light. Oh. Nice Disney so houses, thatched like, roofs, glowing It reminds me of windows. my time in Wales. And, <laughs> you know, it's just... Where not, not, the country. Yeah. <laughs> not the country. Yeah, not the country. Just my time. You were swallowed by several whales. Inside of whales. Commercial art like Thomas Kincaid is you put it on a wall if you own a B and B and it looks nice and it doesn't offend anybody and it causes nobody to think about anything, you know. And so in that vein, it's it's innocuous, you know. It's yeah. it's just kind of there and it's an object. Like Gilmore Girls. And I don't. Wow. 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 That cut yeah. deep, man. That was mm-hmm. that was rough. There's a reboot. 
I'm, so, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, um, your life is so good. Yeah, so like that, that kind of work, you know, it takes, it, it takes um, a practiced craftsmanship to make that. Um, there's technique there, yeah. There's technique. Yeah. You know, he it, that kind of stuff is, is craft. It's not mm-hmm. art. And it's an object. And, and it doesn't offend me, but if I went and like... I don't know if I went into a gallery uh, in uh, I don't know New York or something like mm-hmm. that, and it was Thomas Kincaid. I'd be like, "You're you're fucking kidding me, right?" Right. right. You know. But there's a spectrum between uh, stuff that you were talking about, like distasteful, like walking that line of just like yeah. shock for shock's sake, yeah. um, and then this this sort of distasteful in the other direction that really you expect us to buy this. This is yeah. there's no way this is a reality for anybody. Yeah. But. I'm offended more by things like Damien Hirst's diamond covered skull or, you know, like these, these things that are done for uh, sort of this, this, this imaginary conversation that they're having with themselves. Yeah. It, well, I think like with that, it, that piece was so, you know, it caught so much action, I guess, mm-hmm. because it was literally a diamond covered skull. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, the most expensive art piece ever made, right, right. you know? And, and it was like, ooh. And then, you know, you could get into some deeper meaning with it but it didn't really need to be said because it was it's the emperor's new clothes yeah um the biggest problem in my feeling in the entire art world is the emperor's new clothes there's this line and it says gossamer wings gossamer wings it's where this guy's looking at this beautiful uh uh silk that you know and it's it's got the gossamer wings these dragonfly wings in it that are so ornate and beautiful and there's really nothing there yeah um and that's my problem with neo-dotism that's my problem with thomas kincaid that's my thomas problem with you know a lot of the the contemporary artwork in in visual arts and performance arts uh music so on and so forth I just, all right i can't stand it i got it we got another, we're going to do another podcast on neo Dadaism because that's a huge conversation. Yeah, we'll we'll move on. All right. <laughs> Off well, my foot bo- soapbox. I'm no, sorry that about that. So highbrow, my forehead is exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> zing, 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 zing. Neo Dots. Neo Neopolitan Dots. Dippin' Dots. Oh. I understand art now. Thanks, guys. Wow. We can leave now. We've accomplished our mission. Dippin' Dots. Campbell Soup. Andy Warhol. (laughs) We all... (laughs) Kind of gross. Beautiful. (laughs) Kind of gross. 1997. Can't leave. Um, Should we draw another question? Yeah. It's up to you. The, The question is, what inspired you to first get involved? I guess in whatever it is you do. Wow. Yeah, and like uh, both of you, like are, are like have your hands in a, in a lot of things. I need somebody to grab me by the collar and pull me along. I am very reticent to start anything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this the recent work I've been doing with um, Owen Davis is all his motivation. Like I'm just mm-hmm. sucking off of his yeah. motivation. Um, You're just sucking Owen Davis. Huh? I'm okay. sucking. The life Wait a minute! Force. Did I just <laughs> Owen Davis? He is. He is. Uh, he charges my batteries. Um, <laughs> everything you do is sexual. Then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bringing that back. The uh, yeah, I, I, I need. So, I need somebody. I need. There's a conversation. I need something else besides just myself. If I stay in my head too long. 
forget it. So my involvement is really dependent upon somebody else being there to uh, to pull me along a little bit. So uh, and then I'm and then I'm happy to reciprocate. It's just uh, I won't start myself. Mm-hmm. So Owen Owen got you into doing performance stuff. Then let's mm-hmm. let something that maybe you're like you're most associated with. Like what got you into painting to the point where you are at least self-motivated sometimes, you know, I, I own that process now for myself. I mm-hmm. understand more about why I do that, uh, why I need to do that. Um, but again, uh, prodding by my wife, like telling me, I don't like you anymore when you come home from work and we need to find another way. And then like it blossomed into this, Oh, I forgot. I'm an artist. Uh, yeah. I have to do that in order to not be a total asshole to everybody around me. Um, so that that's a huge motivation um, getting But like I said, taking ownership of that process and realizing that it's it's something that I depend on now, that mm-hmm. it's not an option. It's like a necessity. Um, things start to crumble inside me or around me if yeah. I don't. So that's that's yeah. sufficient motivation. What do, every time you like want to do something but don't have the motivation, do you just have another kid? That's that was how it worked for a long time. It was it was like, oh, you're, you're sitting back on your laurels. You know what you need? More responsibility. The human kind. Another yeah. mouth to feed. Yes, exactly. No, that 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 was a that was born of a whole different history. Of, okay. Like we it took us a long time to figure out what was causing that problem and then we finally discovered what Sex. it was. Sex gene. Okay, so uh yeah, brief memory card change and then some uh laughs and uh some really really invaluable material that you'll never hear. That's and right. some open mouth kissing. And some yeah, some little, deep open We won't mouth. say who. But everything I do is sexual. <laughs> we won't say who. But here's the You're the baby hint. maker, dude. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I just have a bunny. Um so uh yeah, here's here's that time in the show uh so leaving leaving questions for uh other people that like make things or you future know, like, guests yeah future guests future guests you know and you can uh respond to these as well so like um there's, there's been a lot of like impromptu responding like if you have something that you would like to uh impart as well as leave for someone else mm. this is this is that time is that time i love it ian you want to go first Sure. Um, I guess a question that I'm really interested in um, from everybody's unique perspective is what is what to you? What is what is adventure? What is your idea of having an adventure? What does that mean to you? Hmm. You know, some people that's rock climbing, some people that's, you know, uh, not planning their weekend ahead of time you know the adventure is in the planning <laughs> see God. there you go there you go wow. you know so you don't even Some have to go just you just plan it out and book, then you know? go. Yeah. yeah yeah um so what is adventure to you what wow. what, what does that mm-hmm. mean I like that. doesn't have like to be question. indiana jones you know it can be whatever makes yeah. you i don't know i i think a big thing for me in regard to adventure is something that's really hard to avoid now is having as little research as possible before going into something uh, especially because like you get so many notifications now through like social media and stuff it's like oh this thing's happening and it looks exactly like this i mean we do that with this podcast where it's like even though this is kind of hard to put into words it's like we we kind of like put our mission statement out there and you're like you should listen to it it goes exactly like this or like uh, like a concert that you know the exact lineup or like something that's so predictable that you know exactly how it's going to fall into place like like you know a lot of movies and stuff um, so it's it's avoiding a lot of 
um, having any like preconception of what that thing will be beforehand. So like going to a restaurant without hearing any reviews about it or like going to a play without reading the plot. Yeah. Don't don't watch the trailer. That's don't why I, trailer. I don't watch any trailer. No, I've he sto- I have to stop. He actively does not yeah. watch any I'm trailers. With you. I'm with you. He I gets really upset. They just high five. They just high five. Yes, we did. I, it was weak. And now I'm pregnant. How do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he does. That's great. That's how I thought it was happening. Was high fiving. Yeah, no trailers for me. No. How do you know what movies are coming out? You can see the titles. I know what they're out. You can read the titles. You just can't watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like and you I've say, like, oh, Bill Murray's in that. I'm gonna see it, but isn't that kind of like judging a book by its cover? No, it's see that's the problem. Well, I'm gonna though. see every movie. Oh, okay. Because I'm right, also well. a filmmaker, so oh. I want to see him anyway. Uh. But I don't want to see any part of the trailer. I've tested it out too vigorously, mm-hmm. watching movies, yeah. no trailers, and then watching every trailer and like in betweens. It sucks when you see all the trailers. It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. I, I I almost didn't watch. Uh, Wes Anderson is a big. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of his, but right. But I almost didn't watch the first movie of his that I was exposed to because I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. And then I saw the movie like later without remembering that I had right. seen it and was like, oh, what my God. What movie was that? Uh, that one was, it was Moonrise Kingdom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. I already responded to this question. Everyone can stop looking so at wait, me. So, the, so, but piggybacking on your response to uh-huh. the question, I'm I'm interested too, though, in the other side of that. Like, where do you find spontaneity? How do you create this uh, situation for yourself where you are able to act without thinking or you're able to um, see things, discover things in the mm-hmm. midst of what you're doing. You know, you're looking for adventure. You're talking about where do you find it? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you find it without planning it all out? I mean, you you enjoy the planning, but... Oh, yeah, I'm just exaggerating. But, but yeah. yeah, but like where, how do you create those situations for yourself where, like you said, everything is so saturated with this is what everything looks like. The forms are all known. Mm-hmm. Pick yeah. a form and go with it. I really enjoy like when we, we've traveled mm-hmm. a lot together and when we go to somewhere and not know what anything is. Yeah. Like not know, not hear about any place to go to and mm-hmm. just kind of explore for ourselves. That's really fun. And I'm definitely like pretty active and uh, <laughs> controlling on, on trips too. When people are yeah, like, you suck. Yeah, I'm really. No, I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. That was kind of the nicest thing that you said by kidding. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's more of just not spending time standing somewhere and just starting to move, hmm. and then like realizing that there's no real reason not to do anything except hmm. for like you know like the occasional like legality stuff like that where it's just like that place looks interesting i think i like the paintings in there i mean the worst that's going to happen is like you get like a bad cup of coffee or whatever or like you know uh ebola but like you know (laughs) (laughs) but like all all those like little like like shortcomings that might come from trying something out that you didn't research are just like well now that's like real knowledge i have i didn't just like someone didn't just tell me that this place sucks and mm. I just never went. It's like, well, now I know this is not for me. Or like, you know, I've had the opposite reaction to a lot of things where a lot of people was like, oh, I really don't like this. And I went and I was like, no, this is totally my yeah, jam. Yeah. You know, like um, I'm super into this like dad bar or whatever. Wow. Yeah. That was, was that directed at that me? That wasn't John? directed at Thanks. You're just sitting right Fuck across you, from me and you're the only dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, I don't like yeah. necessarily need to go where all the like pointing or flashing pointing lights, flashing lights are like mm-hmm. telling me to go. It's yeah. just like, I, I tend to have more 
enjoyment not in just like kind of like coveting something like it doesn't need to be like oh i know about this place but like i definitely it's a lot more fun to try something i still hold hope that there's a 13 year old out there who's just discovered discovered starbucks for the first time today yeah and they're like wow what is have you heard of this place Mm -hmm. it's fantastic they put chocolate and whatever else in it and whipped cream Mm -hmm. yeah heard of this new band toto yeah. Oh, song Africa. Africa. I've yeah. heard that song too. You've heard that song? Yeah. That's yeah, a great, great song. It's a great song. Yeah. It's quite loud. You were playing it loud. I was. We listened to that today. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> that drum break is flawless. Oh, man. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Would you uh, like to answer your own question, Ian? Uh, sure. You I can did, well, say no. You can just be like, no. Yeah, you can also say no. You have all the power now. Are you telling me to shut no, up? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can, I just want to make no. sure that your options were available. <laughs> you know, like, See, this you is how I could answer it. You could have answered your question. Or we could move on. <laughs> I am uh, Irish and Mexican, so the art of guilt and manipulation is so my forte. Yeah, um, um, yeah I think I, I just I'll piggyback on the, the spontaneity. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it starts with a destination adventure to me starts with a destination so i want to go somewhere um but i don't i don't want to think about what what i'm going to be doing i don't you know i don't want a catalog of or a list of of things to see and do or places to eat and things like that um i want to wake up every day and just kind of go okay well i know that there's a beach over there and and uh, a jazz club over there and you know whatever and then just kind of do it and I think some of my best adventures have been just going for walks I know that I want to walk from point A to point B and I have no time frame in between there and uh, and it can be a big weird curly line in between um, yeah and that's that's what it is the spontaneity and it's um, you know not just going for me it's not just going out into the wild blue yonder but um but having a destination yeah. destiny's calling you right now destiny. yeah oh. my fiance is calling me Excuse is her name, me. Is destiny? name destiny no her name, her name is jessica uh-huh. hi, me. hi jessica hey babe all right cool bye now you know what we're doing we're going rock climbing mm-hmm. right sweet did you uh, finish your thought? Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not picking back, picking backing, picking backing, piggybacking uh, off of what just happened. I I realized like a, a big part of um, uh, kind of like what it like stops adventure in my life is like this kind of like need for commitment that's kind of like instilled with us like so like when when people invite you to something it's like oh come Mm. see my band or whatever it's like it's very easy to be like oh this is what i'm doing tonight rather Mm. than being like you get there and you're like oh this is cool i've showed my support i'm not really feeling this for whatever reason doesn't have to be for like Mm. lack of enjoyment uh and a lot of people just like stick it out whether or not it's something that they enjoy but if you're not like putting positive energy into something you're not really helping so so i I know like i'm a really negative person now what? I think that just made me realize how negative a person I am. Because, like, like, I'm imagining myself in that exact same scenario. Mm-hmm. Come see my band, and I'm like, fuck, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if I love you and want to do you, I don't want to come see your band. 
Wow, but it's Gene. but it's you know it's not like I mean it's <laughs> you're staring right at that's me. That's the so first. This no, personally. that's the first reaction. I don't know. So uh, don't invite Gene to your band shows. <laughs> he, I love he music. Hates music. Uh, I love music and I love people, mm-hmm. but it's like that feeling of dread. Like yeah. the, it's the commitment though that you're talking yeah. about. Like now I'm roped in. Now I gotta go, and he's yeah. gotta see me there, and then I gotta like say something afterwards. Like it would yeah. almost be better to just hear that your friend has a show, and then like, yes. Go How did own. that show go? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like you've you've all been out with me too like it's yes. it's it's, it's I'm an experience it is an experience because it's, it's like oh we're here at this thing did you want to try this out no i'm not feeling either next thing like yeah, he, yeah. like it's, what did we hit five places that one night it was great. yeah we yeah. went to like five different things it was great it was yeah. a good time in yeah. like two hours yeah it was beautiful slam dunk anyway we're just bragging about friendship now no uh hmm oh it's your turn oh it's my turn yeah. uh, uh play where question where mark, mark. play? play? <laughs> yeah, well, that, with oh, yeah, could, do you want to come to my friend's thing. play tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just even worse than the band thing. Uh, wow. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm a real negative guy, I guess, when it comes down to it. But uh, no, play. Where do you find play? Where do you? Where do you? Uh, how do you create situations for yourself, or do you look for situations? How do you identify play in your life, in your artistic practice, in who you are play is really important to me i think that we um oh what's his name stuart brown this guy who was actually a researcher in the field of play and they have like a whole team of grad students that they're not paying to do research on play and uh he says that the opposite of play is depression it's not work it's depression and i thought that was really poignant not to bring it all down here but like mm-hmm back on the other side of that coin where is the play no we are we were the saddest where, podcast. Where we <laughs> everything is either sex or depression <laughs> well that's life isn't it it's like a woody allen film oh. uh, so where do you find play is it in your art is it is it outside of your art is it everything but your art mm-hmm. is it only your art i think i think i get most of my enjoyment through like filmmaking and making music and i that's what i do for my job is filmmaking and that is considered work but that's where I find play happens a lot for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Why, why am I always that? Well, you're just the yeah. next person on the table. Ian can answer, too. Yeah, that. it's your turn. Okay. You go first. I'm sick uh, of hearing For me, play is just, it's it's unstructured time. Mm. Um, and for me, I really like to, most of the time, I like to use that as uh a, a social time. So play for me a lot of times is in a, a social construct where I'm with friends and we're finding ways to laugh. This experience right now to me is play. You know, I'm hanging out with a few people who I, I really enjoy and we're laughing and we're entertained and that's play. Um, sometimes it's, it's hanging out with my dog, going, going hiking with my dog, you know, things like that. But it's just kind of that unstructured time where you get to just kind of bounce around and be happy and um if you're if you're not enjoying the experience then you get to move on to something else that makes you happy and there's no nothing no box that you have to be in uh for that so yeah that's i like that unstructured time i get it a lot through manipulation (laughs) and surprise surprise uh and you know, it's like it's the same thing with this podcast. Like the the whole format's like set up around this idea of play. It's like tricking, tricking us, like getting even to this point in the conversation where it's like mm-hmm. you are willing to like take a little bit risk asking something that you've 
never really thought of before or like responding in a way without like editing yourself beforehand uh which is like you know that's why we do things this way but also it's i i get a lot of uh joy like uh teaching the classroom or doing like workshops with like adults or like doing any events i do like tricking people into having a good time because like nothing uh is more distasteful to me than someone insisting that you're having a good time Mm. like you know like like some like carnival bark you're like oh this is the chance of the lifetime you're gonna love it you're smiling it's like no i'm not i'm not smiling you've obviously never seen one before um it's you know like it's i i i really love kind of uh reminding people that they can be goofy after the fact like my favorite thing and uh with anybody is like when you can first like trick them into like making like a crude joke Mm -hmm. or like um like using language that they don't typically like use like like when someone like super sweet that you know, like the first time that you hear them like say fuck or something, yeah. it's like one of my favorite things yes. ever. And that's like, that's, yes. that's it for me. And I mean, like, you know, manipulation sounds heinous, but also it's like, you know, that's the act of like using Legos. It's like building something out of, uh, I don't know, like simplicity. Is or... it is it manipulation or is it coaxing? I mean, you you identify a need in a person and you try and create the situation for them. I guess that's a manipulation. I, manipulation has such a negative connotation to it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like the difference between coaxing and manipulation is so like s- subtle. I guess. Maybe. Coaxing uh, maybe implies that I have an understanding of what they need before I start to you, play. Oh, and you don't feel you do. Okay. Yeah. I, not all the time. Okay. You know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I, I just like to, to push and see if people bounce back. And, yeah. You know. I kind of think that nice. okay. I sound nice. terrible. We no, to... no, that's kind of a beautiful thing. I love uh, it because how you're 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 accepting the fact that we're all the same. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not saying that one is better than the other, or that you're better than them, or they're better than you. You're you're leveling the playing field when you do that. Yeah, you know, like you said, you know, you want to hear them say "fuck" for the first time because that's that's a neat experience. Like getting my wife to finally say, "Oh, fuck this," you know, mm-hmm. like that took years. It was like 20 <laughs> we've been together for like 20 something years, 24 years, mm-hmm. and it took like 19 of those 24 years at least before I finally heard her say fuck. Wow, she is a patient person. Yeah. yeah well, for, see, I've, I've thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> you bring up an excellent point. Yes, to have lived with me for 20 something years and not say fuck. Yes, it's uh-huh. it's, it's remarkable. Yes. Yeah. Or like when I trick uh, Andrew into crying by hurting him. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> emotionally hurting him or physically hurting him? Uh, whichever. Okay, because emotionally hurting. I mean, that's yes. Now you're talking manipulation. The fastest way he's found is to spray uh, like cleaning fluid into my eyes. That's it an really easy way. Just yeah. Yeah. the water works. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and he becomes cool. emotionally distraught. Uh, so this is coming out pretty soon. Do you, uh, anything you two want to plug before we say bye? Uh, come to Barley Rhymes. It's this Sunday, first and third Sunday of every month. Do that, and um, I don't know. Volunteer for the Literacy Center, or if you need help with your rating and writing and GED, or know someone who does, please send them over uh, because that's what that's what they're there for. Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to say the Interference Series. That's what I'm involved in right now. Um, Owen Davis and I have been working on it. He's he's the front runner on everything right now, and it's three times a month it's a really ambitious program to hear some experimental music um and what other whatever other sorts of um performance oriented art 
Um, and it's uh, three different venues, Fire Creek, uh, Flagstaff Modern, Contemporary, and Thomas Byers Guitar Studio. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Nice. Uh, so the big thing that I'm excited about now is for the first time we're having the Flagstaff Poetry Festival uh, March 31st through no, uh, November 2nd, through uh, April 2nd, um, all downtown um kind of uh taking a very like playful uh way so like rather than regular readings they're all like sort of goofy events so we have like a fancy gala one night and like a Cirque to so drunk and a haiku death match and it's gonna be a good time yeah uh buy my new mixtape uh it's uh all counting crows covers (laughs) (laughs) you can find it on soundcloud.com slash counting andrew oh and also we should probably plug this show so you can find us uh on facebook.com slash one last thing show flag show not flagstaff record them both and i'll cut in the one that's correct one last thing oh hold on wow. facebook.com slash one last thing flagstaff facebook.com slash one last thing slow take four and mark facebook.com slash one last thing show and if you want to contact us to be on the podcast or know anybody who would be interested, our email is contact at onelastthingshow.com. And feel free, if you'd like, um, maybe you're not planning on being a guest on the show, but you want to submit some like questions and stuff for us, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, if you want to compliment us on uh, our, our choices of clothes and hair, you can always do that, preferably in person, uh, preferably with chocolate. Thanks for watching. Bye. 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 See ya. (laughs) Beautiful.